this week, but if you did not get one, raise your hand. We want to make sure you get an outline. Raise it real high. Make sure y'all got enough upstairs. Everybody good up there? All right. Anybody over here? All the way over there, brother. All the way over there. All right. Isn't God good? All right. Last week, we, we jumped out of a story with the demoniac, the one who was filled with demons and he was in the tombs and he was uh, cutting himself. Crazy man running around. Nobody could do anything for him. Man couldn't help him. Man couldn't tame him. And Jesus came by and changed his life. Somebody say amen. Isn't that a great thing? Aren't you glad that Jesus can do what man can't? Amen. And so we, we, we learned that he wanted to go with Jesus. Jesus was going to go into a next city, and he wants to go with Jesus. And that's, that's a good thing. Uh, you, want, you should want to be with Jesus. Amen. You want to fellowship with Jesus, and that's a great thing. But Jesus said, look, you've got a job to do, and you've got a responsibility. This is what I need you to do. I need you to go back and tell everybody what I've done for you. Amen. I need you to go back and tell your... All right, there. Some of y'all paid attention last week. Tell, go, go back and tell your, your story. All right. Well, we're going to come out of an Old Testament book tonight. Going to, going to still stay in the theme, stay in the thought, stay in the same teaching. But I want you to turn with me over to Second Kings chapter number seven. Second Kings chapter number seven. <clears throat> and while you're turning, let me explain the situation. <clears throat> Here we find the nation of Israel is surrounded by the enemy. They are surrounded by the Syrians, and the Syrians mean them ill intention, and they have surrounded them. They have besieged the city of Samaria, and it has gotten so bad. They have gotten so desperate that they are dying. Literally, they have resorted to cannibalism and began to eat their own children. That's how bad the situation has been. They, they have been uh, called in, they have been captive, and so here we have God's people in the city surrounded by the enemy, the enemy's on the outside, and we've got a mess. So does that make sense? Say amen. amen. Well, on the outside of the gate, on the outside of the gate, there are some lepers. Lepers were not allowed to be in the, the general population. Uh, they had to stay on the outside of the gate. So here we have the lepers. On, on one side of the lepers, we have the Syrian army, who is the enemy, and it's probably certain death. And then on the other side, we have a, a, a city that has been walled up, and, and, and they are dying and desperate in here. And so we have these four lepers in the middle of all that, and that's where we want to start out with, okay? So look in verse number 3. Verse number 3. Now, does all that make sense? Say amen. Okay. It says this in verse 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we will die there. If we sit here, we're going to die anyway. Amen? We're going to die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we should but die. In other words, they're saying, we don't have anything to lose. Either way, we're going to die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. <clears throat> For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Therefore, or excuse me, wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and the horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. In other words, God brought deliverance. Amen? And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Now, now... Now read this with me. Then they said one to another, we do not well. Say it again. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege it is to be here. 
Thank you for shelter that we can be in tonight outside of the weather that we could gather together and learn of you. I pray that you help us, Lord. You know where we're at. You know the, the, the problems we face, and you know the things that we've been dealing with. And, Lord, you know the, the, the families that are broken and hurting right now have lost a loved one today. And, God, I pray, Lord, that you'll just comfort them and strengthen them. And, Lord, those who've received bad news this week, the two different families receiving terrible news, I pray that you'll bless and help them meet their needs, Lord. And, God, you know everybody that's in this room. You knew them before they got here. You knew exactly what they would need to hear tonight. And I pray that you, they will hear what they need to hear. I pray that as we have been going through this series, learning how to share our story, learning how to evangelize and witness to our surroundings, I pray, God, that we can not just hear it, not just, not just learn it, but do it, apply it to our life. I pray your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. Here, here's what we have. <clears throat> and, this, and then I'll apply it to what we're doing. Here we find four guys who are in a, 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 a bad situation. We find four guys. Leprosy was a death sentence. So they were dying. <clears throat> they were dying men. They were dying men. Uh, the Bible says we are dead in our trespasses and in sins. I don't know if you realize this or not, but before you come to God, you were dying. You were without hope. You were without help. You were without anything. We were dead. We were condemned. Without Christ, we are condemned in sin. Somebody say amen right there. These men were dying men. These men were desperate men. Are y'all with me? They were diseased men. The sin is a disease that we all have to deal with. They were desperate. They didn't have anywhere else to turn. They didn't have, listen, if we go to the left, we're going to die, possibly. It would, no doubt about it. If we stay here, we're going to die. But maybe if we could just find some mercy in the camp of the enemy, we will go there. Well, they went that way, and they found out that God had got there before they did. Aren't you glad that God will intervene in your situation? Even when you don't know how and you don't know why, you don't even know how he did it. All you know is he did it. Amen? Well, Jesus is the same way. Here we find they were dying men. They were diseased men. They were desperate men. But then we see they're delivered men. They came and they found food. They came and they found substance. They came and they found blessing. And all this here, we've, they are all excited. And this is great, man. Look at our fortune. How, how wonderful is this? How lucky can we be? And they would go and take it and hide it and go and take it and hide it. Then all of a sudden, they thought, wait a minute. We're not doing right. There's a whole bunch of people that's dying like we were. There's a whole bunch of people it's desperate like we were. There's a whole bunch of people that's not going to make it unless we tell them. And here's the point. They said, we have to go tell our story. Listen, you are this leprous crowd. The church, you know what sinners are, excuse me, saved people are? Saved people is one beggar telling another beggar where they found bread. Do you know that there are broken people out in this world that's looking for what you have, that's wanting what you have, that's needing what you have, they're desiring the peace that you have and the hope that you have. They want to know what it's all about. But they cannot know and they will not know unless somebody cares enough to go tell them. Say amen. Listen. We, let's, let's do the review. Let's do the review. Let's do the review real quick because I, 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 we have got to finish this. Uh, uh, Brother Buchanan made fun of me because he's ahead of us. Say amen. <clears throat> Not that it matters, but anyway. All right. Here we go. Review. Review. Key principle. Here's the key principle. Let's go over this again. God the Father, read it with me. God the Father is constantly drawing people to Jesus through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He invites us to join in that process as we listen to and obey the Holy Spirit. In other words, God is in the business of saving people. And God is drawing people to His Son through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And He wants you to operate and work with Him in that process. All right? Are you with me? Say amen. All right, now, here's the key truth. Here's the key truth. Every believer... 
Every believer. That means me, and that means you. Every believer is a... And every disciple is to be a disciple... A disciple maker. In other words, help people become what you are. Here's the pre-Christian. Here's a review of the pre-Christian. Who is this? This is a person that God the Father is preparing through the ministry of the Holy Spirit to meet His Son, Jesus. Often this person will be used of God to reach their friends, relatives, and acquaintances with the gospel of the kingdom. Sometimes this person is referred to as a person of peace. In other words, this is the person that God's going to lead you to. It's not always random. It's not always random. In other words, you know, sometimes when you're fishing, you're just scattering and throwing all kind of baits to see what might be hitting and where they might be hitting and all that kind of stuff. Now, that's, that's sowing seed. You can pass out flyers. You can pass out invites. Uh, I've seen people put invites on in the gas handle pump, and, and I, I've seen them put them in, in bathrooms. Don't recommend that one, say man. But anyway, I've seen them put them all kind of places, and that is sowing seed, right? That, that's random. But, but here's the deal. You will find out in life that God has somebody just for you. Somebody he wants you to lead. Somebody he wants you to tell this story to. Somebody that he's got just for you, that your makeup, your character, who you are as a person, who you are as an individual. It might be you might be country, or you might be uh, city-fied, you might be whatever it is that you, you might relate just perfect with them, your culture, their culture, your background, their background, and you fit just perfect. The question is, are you going to do your job? And are we going to do our part and our responsibility? Now... We know we have that responsibility. I mean, we don't have to go through all that. Everybody in here, y'all, on, people on Wednesday night usually know what God's expecting out of all of us. We're supposed to share our faith. Amen? Amen? So I don't have to go through all of that. Why are we not doing that? I mean, when I say we, I'm talking about the church in general. Would you agree, would you agree we have, say we have about 2,500, maybe between 2,500 and 2,600 on Sunday between our campus and that campus, if all of those people were sharing the gospel on a regular basis, daily, or even once a week, what would you think it'd be like? So, can we all agree, can we all agree, and we're not looking down at nobody, we're trying to learn here, we're trying to get better, would you all agree that we're not all doing what we're supposed to be doing? Okay, so where is the problem? Where is the problem? Here's some complications. This is point number two. If you, if you didn't, if you didn't uh, write, the, you didn't have the notes last week, let me give you A, B, C, and D so you can stay up with us. We see the call of the gospel. A, there's a call from above. And you're hearing it. That's amen from glory right there you just heard. <clears throat> there's a call from above. God says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Then B, there's a call from hell. Do you realize people in hell tonight are begging you to go tell their family not to go to this place? That's Luke 16, 27. Then see, there's a call from the inside. Paul says, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Every child of God, if they are walking with God. Now I'm telling you, you can be backsliding, you can be backslidden and not feel this, this tug. I'm telling you, it's possible. But if you're walking with Christ, you're going to have the same desire he has, and you're going to have the same want that he has, and there will be a call from within that will make you and, 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 and push you to win and witness, all right? Then D, the call from the outside. And we said that was the Macedonian call from Paul. There's people that's needing us. There's people that's wanting our help. This was a great illustration we used with, with the, the church in Fairview that came and asked our help. Will you please come help us? Will you please come help us? People, you know what? I, I, I'll say this. I'm, I'm not a psychologist or, or a psychiatrist by no means whatsoever. But do you know people are crying out for help and they just don't know where to turn? They're turning to alcohol. They're turning to drugs. They're turning to illicit affairs. They're turning to all the things that the devil in the world's trying to push to them. And they want help and they're looking for help but they just don't know what it is. That's the call from the outside. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right, now, let's look at the complications. This is, this is really where we want to hunker down and talk about tonight, all right? Complications with the gospel. Many Christians, <clears throat> many Christians do not share the gospel for three main reasons. The first one, the first one, and if you want to, if you want to, I put some extra stuff on mine, so if you want to write beside your notes right there, if you can see that, 
on the screen or whatever. If you want to write down beside that some things that, that goes with this here, uh, write this down. One of the, one of the problems with, with Christians sharing their faith is, number one, they're afraid. They're afraid. There's, there's fear involved. All right? There's fear involved. And, and, and that's understandable. I, 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 I totally get that. I understand being afraid or being nervous, that type of thing. So I, I, I begin to think, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? And I've talked to several people and, and, and asked them, all right, when it comes to sharing your faith, when it comes to witnessing to somebody, what, what are you afraid of? And here's, here's a couple of things. One is this, I don't know what to say. How many of y'all would agree with that one? That, 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 that causes issues. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I, I, I looked up, I looked up uh, some things uh, out of God's Word, and I want to share with you. Uh, this, is, this is a few things that was said. Andrew, when he, when he found Jesus, the Bible says in John 1, 40, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. So basically all he said, we found him. Can you say that? Say that. Say it again. Now, he, all he said is we found him. Maybe all you have to say is, I found it. You say, what is the it? The answer. I found what I was looking for. Amen? I like this one. I like this one. The woman at the well. John 4. John four twenty eight. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Just come see somebody that told me everything. That's it. I, I, this is my favorite. This is my favorite out of all of them. John 9, 4. Or excuse me, John 9, 24. The, the man who was blind that Jesus healed, and he was being interrogated. He was being interrogated. How did this happen to you? How did you come this way? I know you were blind. How, how, what is this? How is this all about? And they were really accusing Jesus. They were trying to get to Jesus and saying Jesus was a sinner because, you know, how he did it and all. And, and this is what the man said. Then again, this is John 9, 24 and 25. Then again called they the man that was blind and said, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. But one thing I know, that where I was blind, now I see. He said, I don't know much about this Jesus guy. I don't know where he came from. I don't know everything about him. But I'll tell you what I do know. I was blind, but now I see. What's the point? You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know Genesis to Revelation. You don't have to know the Romans wrote. All you have to know is what Jesus did for you. You don't have to have the answer to everything. You don't have to have complete biblical knowledge. All you have to know is what Jesus did for you. Say amen. I was blind and now I see. Yeah. I'm afraid, preacher. I'm just not sure what I'm going to say. All right? Let me give you a little advice right there. Don't sweat it. The Holy Ghost will help you. Just don't sweat it. I'm telling you. If you will take the effort to step out in faith, God will fill your mouth with words you need to say. Second thing I, I, I figured... And, and asking people and learning. I'm afraid, not that I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to know what to say. The second thing I've, I've, I've heard people say is, I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. Now, when you think of dealing with somebody's salvation and, and their eternal destiny, I, I, you know, I understand. You don't want to mess that up, right? You don't want to mess that up. Let me give you a revelation you can't. You can't. That's it. They're already going to hell already. You can't mess it up. Y'all with me? How many of you, how many of you, I, I want to tell this story so, but I hope, I, how many of y'all have ever heard me tell the story of when my grandmother got saved? How many of y'all have, have never heard me tell the story of when my grandmother got saved? Seriously? Raise your hand high. That's plenty enough right there. <laughs> 
my whole life, my whole life, I grew up, I grew up in church. Y'all know my, my, my dad was a pastor and father. And, and, and as, as growing up in church, we, we had Christmas pageant every year. Every year. I mean, it's, it's, it's tradition and you do Christmas pageant. And, and, and all, the, all the grandkids would be in the Christmas pageant. And we'd invite Grandma to church. And, and she'd, she'd never come but Christmas. She would always come to the Christmas pageant to see her grandchildren in the Christmas play. And I, I'm telling you, growing up, I've been everything in the Christmas play. I've been baby Jesus in the manger. I've been Jesus 12 years old, confound the wise in the temple. I've been sheep and donkeys and Jesus on the cross. I've been everything. Year after year, as I was growing up. Every single year, every single year, without fail, without fail, when I'd see Grandma come in that back door, man, I, whether I was a sheep or whatever I was, I was praying, tonight's the night. Grandma's going to get saved tonight, and I'd be praying little old bitty thing. Even, and I tell you, I was praying for her to get saved before I was saved. Because I grew up, I grew up, you know, I believed in God. I still had to get saved, and I can explain all that later. But anyway, I'm praying since I was a little bitty kid that my grandmother would get saved. And, and, and year after year, she'd go, wouldn't move, wouldn't come forward. And year after year, and, and time goes by. When I surrendered to preach, I was 17 years old. <clears throat> and y'all know, and I've told y'all this a hundred million times, I'm shy as all get out. Now, my dad, he is country, is cornbread. Are y'all with me? And he's just old-fashioned. And this is what he said. I said, Dad, I said, you know, I, I, I feel like the Lord's, you know, calling me to preach. And, and, uh, and he said, well, son, you need to, you know, stand in front of the church and, and, and surrender and, and make it public. And I said, in front of everybody? I don't want to stand in front of everybody, amen. He said, yeah, he said, just stand beside me. He said, I'll, I'll tell them what you're doing. You, want, you just stand beside me. I'll tell them what you're doing. You don't have to say nothing. I said, okay. So I'm standing there in front of him at that, that particular Sunday, and, and, uh, and he says, he says uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Malcolm's got something he wants to say. And this is what I wanted to say. My father lied to me. I surrendered to preach, and this is what my dad said. Rev, he said, be ready Wednesday night. Y'all get three days from then. I had to be ready to preach a sermon. And he made me preach every Wednesday night till I graduated high school and went to Bible college, whether I wanted to or not. And it, he said, only way you're going to learn how to do it, boys, get in there and do it. I said, okay. And so here's what I'd do. I'd come in. I had my little outline, the best I could do, put together. I, me I remember sitting in... In, in math class, putting together an outline. Man. And just couldn't, oh, man. Yeah. I wasn't at math, though. Hey. And, and so I would come, and, and, and I would sit right there, right there on the corner pew, and, and, and Dad, would, Dad would lead the service, and you, you know how the service goes. He'd lead the service, come time preaching. He'd have me come up, and I'd, I'd come give my little sermon. be about three minutes long, and then that's a long time ago, guys. <clears throat> and I'd go sit back down, and then my dad would do the invitation. And, and, and when I was growing up, he'd always come down to the front and, and there and, and, and stood in the front, and, and would, would ask people to come and invite people to come in the invitation. Well, one particular, just a few months, just a few months went by. One particular Wednesday night, him and my mother was going on vacation. They were going to take a few days off. And he said, Malcolm, you got all Wednesday night. I said, all what? He said, everything. I said, everything? I said, where are you going? He said, I'm not going to be there. He said, you got to do everything. I said, everything? He said, everything. I said, the invitation? He said, everything. And I said, oh, me. And so it came church time. And I'm nervous. I'm scared to death. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm just petrified, thinking this is going to be, this is going to be terrible. I'm going to mess everything up. And I, I can remember it this day. I'm telling you, the vision is in my head right now. I remember standing up on that platform, fish, just, just shuffling through my little notes there. And I look up, and y'all ain't going to believe who walked through the door. My grandmother. And that just made it worse. <laughs> And man, I'm nervous now. And you know what's crazy? All those other times, preacher, I prayed and prayed and prayed, she gets saved. And then that night I'm praying she don't look up. Amen. <laughs> and I preached my little message the best I knew how. And I remember coming down here scared to death. 
and I come down here and I wouldn't even look up. I just kept my head down. And I was doing the invitation because that's how dad did it. He had his hands up and he'd call. And, and out on the outside, I'm saying, just come. If you need to be saved, anybody, you come. And on the inside, I'm saying, don't nobody come down here. Please don't nobody come down here. And then all of a sudden, I felt a presence close to me. And I just peeked the eye and I looked down and there was feet by my feet. And I looked up, y'all know. Who was it? It scared me so bad. When I looked at her, I said, what do you want? <laughs> now, I'm, I'm just confessing. This is the God's truth. This is how it happened. And she says, I want to get saved. I couldn't remember nothing. I couldn't remember the Romans Road. I've memorized that since I was a five-year-old. I couldn't remember anything. The only thing that came to my mind was John 3, 16. I said, Grandma, for God so loved the world, she quoted the rest of it. I said, that's all you need to know? Let's pray. After church, I called my dad, and I said, Dad, Grandma, come forward, and I think she got saved, but you better call and check see if it took <clears throat> I'm ashamed to have to admit all this to you tonight with you in the crowd and everything, but do y'all know she never missed another service till she went to heaven? No, ho, 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 ho. I messed it all up. I didn't get anything right. I didn't even use the right verses. It's God doing it. Don't worry about messing it up. If you make the effort, he's going to make up for where you lack. Don't worry about messing it up. Just take courage. All right? Here's, here's, here's another one. People are afraid. People are afraid because they're shy. How many have a trouble with that? They're shy. I'm afraid to... But here's, here's the thing. The Bible says in the book of Acts... That the, the early church, this was one thing they prayed for over and over and over again, even when they were being threatened, even when they were being threatened with violence, don't preach in this name. This is the request they had, and man, this is what we need to pray for. Every person in here needs to pray for this. Father, give us boldness. Say that with me. Give us boldness. Look in, look in the book of Acts. Look in the book of Acts. I, I believe chapter 4, I wasn't going to turn there, but let's, let's turn there anyway. They're being threatened. Don't preach no more in this name. <clears throat> Don't preach no more. This is, this is Acts 4.29. Acts 4.29. It says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with... Now watch what happens. Verse 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Now look in verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's, be, let's think about this. If God's will is for you to share your faith, and it's God's will for you to share your story, and you're asking the God of all glory, the God of all power, the God of all authority, are y'all with me? We find that in the Great Commission, the God that has all power, and you're asking him for boldness to do what he's wanting you to do, don't you think he's going to give you some? You have not because you, you have not because you, so if we're shy, and I said we because I'm there, I'm there, I'm with you, sometimes I got to work up my nerve, I'm telling you, I'm, sometimes I got to work up my nerves, all right, all right, here we go, ask God for boldness, and he will give you the boldness that you need, all right, here's, here's, here's one more. <clears throat> Here's one more. Sometimes people are afraid to witness, and this, this, is, this, is, this is a biggie. Sometimes people are afraid to witness because they're afraid they're going to be asked a question they don't know. 
I've talked to several people. What if they ask me a Bible question or something about God that I don't know? All right? How many of y'all have faced that before? Worried that they're going to ask a question. Maybe they're going to see, maybe they're going to ask something I don't know. All right, here's how we solve that. <clears throat> here's how we solve that. Everybody ready for this? This is how you deal with that. Here's how you, here's how you respond to that. That is a very good question. Say it with me. Y'all didn't even say it like I did. That is a very good question. Let's try it again. And I will find out for you. Now, let's get back to my story. It was a great day in my ministry when it dawned on me I don't have to have all the answers. I need to be able to know where to find them, but I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to know. Matter of fact, you're not going to know all the answers because some of the questions they're going to ask you may not even have an answer. But the devil wants to try to get them to, to discard or detour you from the truth they need to hear. And all God's people say it. So, so if they ask you, if you're worried about them asking you a question you don't know, there's no problem. Say this, that is a very good question. I will find out and get back with you. But let me finish telling you about my story. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. Let me tell you what he means to me. And all God's people say it. All right, so here we find they are afraid. Look in your notes. Let's go back to our notes. All right, one of the complications with the gospel is they're afraid. All right, B, have y'all noticed that ever since we've started this series that Satan has fought every single way possible, whether it's sickness, difficulty. Now he's trying to get y'all not to hear me, but we got power. So if y'all get having problems where you can't hear, just point to the back and they'll crank it up, all right? All right, here we go. They don't know who to share the gospel with. They don't know who to share the gospel with. Now, I know this seems like a no-brainer. I know it does. It, it, it really seems like a no-brainer. Well, you're supposed to share the gospel with everybody. That's true, right? You're supposed to share the, he said, go preach the gospel to every creature. But how many of y'all know if you don't aim at something, that's exactly what you're going to hit? We need to stop. We need to stop this. We need to stop this thing that we do in our prayers uh, that helps ease our conscience for not doing really what we're supposed to be doing. You say, what in the world are you talking about? We need to stop praying for the world to get saved. Some of y'all are like, have you lost your mind? We do. We need to stop saying, God save the lost. This is what we need to start doing. God save old Henry. God, God save Uncle John. God, would you save Mary at work? Do you see the difference? You know what? I can, I can say save the lost with no emotion. I can, I can say God saved the lost with no passion whatsoever. But it's going to be hard for me to know that I've got a loved one or I've got a friend or I've got an acquaintance at work that I know is going to go to hell unless they get saved. It's going to be hard for me to be lackluster about that prayer request. So what do we do? What do we do? We have to get Intentional. We have to get intentional. Look on the very last page of your notes. Look on the very last page of your notes. It should look like this. It should look like this. What do, what do you see there? What is it? It's blanks, but blanks of what? People. A list of people. A list. That's the word I'm looking for. Say it with me. A. A. A, a list. Here's what I hear all the time, especially if you've been saved a long time. And I get this. I do. Because when you've been saved a long time, you go to church a lot, and most of all your friends are church people. 
So you're, you're, not, you, you're not really familiar with that many lost people. You say, well, who do I witness to? Because everybody I know is saved. Then we got to learn some people that's not. You remember last week I told you? Last week, uh, the, one, the preacher that I met up in Ohio, they were, they were from a very large church, and, 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 and all of her friends, because they, they were really trying to stress evangelism and sharing their story and, and, and winning the lost, and, and, and she just come to the conclusion... I don't know any lost people. So she decided on her own to go to a mall, and she went and got a job in a mall so she could have other employees she worked with that did not know Jesus, and she befriended those workers at the mall and began inviting them to their house for for supper and for picnics and things of that so that she could find somebody to share her story with. Now you say, what is that? That is evangelism and it's intentional. All right, we can do it. We can do it haphazard. I'm going to do it. If I, if I get a cheeseburger from a window, I'm going to ask him, get to go to church anywhere? I'd love for you to go to church with us. And now you have your invites, you can put the invite through the window or however you do it at the, at, at, at the restaurant, no matter where you are. That, it's not complicated. It's not complicated. But we have to get people we are specifically praying for and targeting to be saved. Now, you say, preacher, I don't have any lost friends. Well, we, there's great ideas like that. There's great ideas. Finding people, getting in the community. I grew up in a movement. <clears throat> I, I grew up in a movement that was kind of a, a separatist-type movement that you didn't get around sinners. I mean, you, 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 you stayed, you know, you, you, you went to church a lot. I mean, you went to church a lot, and, and you, were, you were separated but the problem with that is, and I believe in separation, and I love going to church. I am all about going to church. But the problem with that is it created a mentality of us and them. And what happens with that mentality of us and them is we come over here and we put, we put our barriers and our standards and everything around us to keep us holy and everything. And if you want to be with us, you've got to come over here. But that's not what Jesus did. He went from this crowd... And he went down there to where they were. And he went out and hung out with sinners. And he hung out with lost people. And he hung out with broken people. And I'm not just talking about people that had issues. I'm talking about thieves. I'm talking about tax collectors that people hated. The religious crowd hated them. And this, is the, this was their, their critique. They said, this man eateth with and receiveth sinners. I mean, he goes to Matthew. He says, he says I'm, listen, follow me. Then Matthew throws a party. And Jesus goes to the party. And the religious crowd is tore out the frame. They said, you receive sinners. I challenge you to look up that word receive. It's a three-part word. It means to accept. It means to allow. And it means to await. He accepted them just like they were. He, he allowed them to be who they were. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Jesus knew if they hung around him, they wasn't going to stay the same. Now, some of us need to have more Jesus in us and be intentional with this and quit being like the Pharisees and preaching at people and start loving people. Because Pharisees have a way of being self-righteous. And self-righteousness gives you a measurement. And when you can look at who you are and you compare yourself with other people, you, now it's not hard, it's not hard to, to measure against somebody that's whatever. But that's not who we measure against. We measure against Jesus. Are y'all with me? And so we have to be intentional. Here's a great idea. Y'all ready for this? I know you're thinking, I, I don't have any people, and I don't think I'm going to get a job at a mall, okay? Try this. Try this. Take your phone out. Look at your contacts on your phone. I guarantee you, most people in this room, you've got hundreds of contacts on your phone. Scan down the list. Surely, surely, in a list of hundreds of people on your phone, Somebody don't go to church and somebody don't need Jesus. Start there. Start there. 
Here's a great idea. Here's a great idea. How about, how about just taking advantage of any opportunity Jesus gives you to share your faith? It could be, it could be at, a, at a smoothie counter on a boat with someone from another state or it could be it could be somebody that showed up at church that sits right beside you on Sunday. But it's got to be us that's willing to take advantage of that. And take, listen, take the opportunity that God puts in front of us. Now, if God is constantly drawing people to His Son by the power of the Holy Spirit, and God's wanting you involved in that, how many of y'all believe that God's big enough to get y'all paired up? See, this is a God thing. It's not just us. But we have to be sensitive and we have to be submissive when God leads us that way. And all God's people say it. Okay? So we don't know who, but I think we know who now. I think we've got a lot of ideas we can use of who. Family. Let me, let me say this about family while we're here. Uh, I don't know about you, but for me... The hardest people on the planet for me to witness to is my family. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, I had a family member, and I'm going to just leave it at that. I had a family member that I really wanted to witness to. And he was a close family member. I'm talking about close family member. And it was important to me. And it, and it was just tearing me up. But the... When I had the opportunity, I, I, I was just scared to death. I didn't, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to offend him and make him think I didn't think he was saved. But I didn't think he was saved, and I wanted to share the gospel with him. And so here's this struggle, and, and I'm praying. I'm praying. I said, God, I want to witness to him. I, I, I got to talk to him about it. But I, I'm, I'm scared it's going to cause a big issue and, and all this kind of stuff and and so here we are, here we are in the truck, and I'm in the passenger side, he's in the driver's side, and his buddy is sitting in the back seat. He had a, one of them four-door uh, trucks, and his buddy's sitting in the back seat, and, and my family member told him, said, this is, this is Malcolm, he, he pastors a church up in Alabama. And so this guy, he said, well, I tell you what, he asked me something about church and about God and all that, and I went to answer the question, and it was like the Holy Spirit said, now's your chance. And I thought, so everything I wanted to tell him, I was looking at him, but I was talking to him. I'm talking about God gave me the opportunity to do it without doing it. Are y'all with me? Now, I know y'all think that's the craziest thing. I don't care what you think. That was a God thing. God gave me the ability to just open up and God will give you opportunities. But you have, one, you have to be sensitive. You have to be listening to the Holy Spirit because He will speak to you and He will lead you. Not only do you have to be sensitive, but you have to be submissive and be willing to do what He leads you to do. And all God's people say it. All right, all right, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. <clears throat> all right? C. C. Here's, here's, here's the last complication we find. They don't know how to share the gospel. They don't know how to share the gospel. All right, write this down, number one. Now, we should be caught up now, right? In your notes, this is where we stopped before, okay? Number one, here's the most important thing. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to love God, to love others, and to lead and guide your life and ministry. I don't know if you've caught on or not, but through this whole lesson tonight, it's all come back to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is not doing it, it's not going to get done. So we have to say, Lord, Give us courage, Lord, give us boldness, Lord, give us love for the one that we want to witness to, we want to share our story with, all right? Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. All right, number two, 
These are real practical things, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty in the next section, okay? Number two, write your testimony. Write your testimony, only two to three minutes long, on how you came to put your faith and hope in Christ. Write your testimony out. <clears throat> and and, and the, in the next section, and below the page there, we're going to talk about what goes in a testimony and what a testimony really is. But write it out. Sometimes when you write it out, it helps you think about it clearly. All right, number three. Adjust it until it is clear and easy to understand. It doesn't have to be complicated. See, I, I can I can I, I can share my testimony and say, look, man, I grew up a preacher's kid. I, I, I didn't I didn't you know my dad has everybody says, Well, your dad has the testimony. Well, I got one too. <clears throat> but it's just different than his. I didn't I didn't go to bars and, and, and I didn't I didn't go get drunk, and I didn't know. I've never had a cigarette in my mouth any day of my entire born days, ever. That's, that's, but that's a testimony. It's just different than my father's. It's different than whoever's. Everybody has a story, and everybody has a testimony. You just got to be able to tell yours. I, I, I grew up, went to church. You know, I grew up the preacher's kid. I, I wore a I wore, uh, 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 little, little three-piece suit, the whole thing. I had verses memorized, and I knew all about God. But there come a day that God came to me. And there came a day that he showed me I was a sinner. And it didn't matter how many verses I had memorized. It didn't matter how many suits I wore to church. It didn't matter how much Bible I could quote. I still need to be saved. And so, see, that's a testimony. That's a testimony. My father could say the exact opposite. I never went to church. I was a bad guy. I was this, blah, 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 blah. But he can tell his. And nobody can tell yours like you can tell yours. Now, if you don't have that, it might be that you, you might need to get saved. Because a saved person is a changed person. And a saved person has a story. You cannot say, well, you know, I, I'm not, I, you know I don't, maybe I don't know. Uh, it don't work that way. If the Holy Spirit comes in, he's so big. And he does so much stuff when he gets there that you're going to know it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, I'll say this. I've heard a lot of people say it. Everything changed drastically overnight. Well, that's not always the case. It says all things are become new. Now, some things do. Some people, it's night and day. It's, it's light and darkness. I mean, it's just, it's some people, they, 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 there's a change regardless. But then some people, it takes a little longer. Are y'all with me? We sing, he's still working on me, amen? So, but we have our story. Get it simple. Write it out. Write it out and practice telling it. Practice telling it to one of your friends. Say, let me, let me tell you my story. Because one day I want to be able to share this with somebody. I want somebody to go to heaven because I told them my story. I want to be able to witness to my loved ones. I want to be able to witness to my family. Help me practice this. Practice it, all right? Adjust it until it's clear and easy to understand. Four. Say it with me. Practice, practice, practice. Practice, practice, practice. <clears throat> practice, practice, practice. Dad said, son, the only way you're going to learn how to do it is what? Just get in there and do it. Just get in there and do it. Don't wait for a good time. Just do it. If you have to practice on saved people first, practice on saved people. It don't matter. It don't matter as long as you're telling. Because see, here's the thing. When you're telling your story, that's giving praise to God. That's a type of worship. You're thanking God for what you've done. Paul, in, 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 in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, I, 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 watch this, watch this. This is Paul. Well, no, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself, getting ahead of myself. All right, here's the basic form of a testimony, all right? This is what you're going to put in what you're writing or in your story. Number one, here, this, is, this is what, when you're telling your story, when you're telling your story, this is the mentality and this is the attitude you want to have before we get to the, the other three. Show genuine interest and concern for others. Show genuine interest and concern 
for others. And the key word there is genuine. Most lost people can spot a religious fake a mile away. And here's the thing. Here's the cliche. Y'all have heard it a million times. I'm going to say it again. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. If people know you genuinely care, they want to hear your story. And here's the thing. Spend enough time with God till you do. Don't do it out of routine. Don't, don't, listen. And let me say, let me back up on that. Let me back up on that. Stay in a habit. But ask God to keep your heart sensitive so that it's not a religious ritual. Does that make sense? Because it, it, it can get that way. You can get out of an invite and it don't, it don't mean nothing. It, you just look like another religious person who's got something to sell. But if you, if you show genuine care, boy, I'd love to have you at our church. I would love for you to be with this Sunday. You see the difference? People... People are attracted. Here's why. Because people everywhere are hurting. People everywhere are struggling. People everywhere are broken. And I'm telling you, people are attracted to places that care and to people who care. You're not, you, listen, you don't, have to do much, you don't have to do much advertising when it comes to a hospital. Have y'all noticed that? How many of y'all ever, anybody ever had a kidney stone? <clears throat> Raise your hand. All right, let's change that. Let's change that. How many of y'all have never had a kidney stone? I don't like none of y'all. <laughs> if you've ever had a kidney stone, you I don't even have words. I had one one time. I come home from coon hunting, and, 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 and it was 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and I just I thought I was going to die. And I, I got up, I'm going to the hospital, and I said, and Tammy said, hey, well, I, I'll get up and get, and I'm going now. So I'm in the car driving, looking through the steering wheel, because I can't even, I'm about to die. And I go in there, and I'm not going to tell the whole story, but anyway, it was the greatest day of my life when she gave me that shot. Say amen. I've never been high or drunk a day in my life, but when she gave me that, that uh, uh, morphine, it was wonderful. <clears throat> Are y'all with me? Nobody had to beg me to go to the hospital. Nobody had to plead with me and bend my arm. You know why? Because I was, I was hurting. And people are hurting. People are broken. And they're looking for somebody to care. Not somebody to, to, to tell them how bad they are or how wrong they are. The Holy Spirit will do all of that stuff. But if we'll just come and say, man, let me tell you what. Let me tell you what God did for me. Let me tell you my story. All right. Look. Show genuine interest and pray that God will give it to you, and you, and you don't have to fake it. All right. Uh, when we show that interest and we show our care for this 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 person that we're witnessing to, here's what here's what's in your testimony. First thing that's in there is how I lived and what my life was like before I believed in Jesus. <clears throat> How I lived and what my life was like before I believed in Jesus. And if you came to know Jesus at an early age, just start with how you came to know him. <clears throat> let, me, let, me read, let me read 1 Timothy. All right, watch, 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 Paul, watch Paul telling his story. 1 Timothy 1.12. <clears throat> and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now watch who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. You know what he's saying? Before I met Jesus, I was a bad guy. Before I met Jesus, I, I did some bad things. Now let me say this. You don't have to go into detail. And I don't, I don't recommend glorifying sin. And I see that a lot. Now, people shouldn't do that. 
I mean, going into gory detail, and I don't think that's what Paul was doing. Paul was just trying to show Timothy the extent. He was, he just wasn't, he was a bad guy. And I did things wrong, Paul says. I, I, I did things terrible. But watch, watch the next, number three. He said, how I came to know Jesus. Not just how I lived my life before I believed in Jesus, but the second thing in your testimony you should have is how I came to know Jesus. How I came to know Jesus. Watch what Paul says. He says, I was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy. I obtained mercy because I did it ignorant and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which was in Christ Jesus. Tell how you, 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 you might have gotten saved in a revival. You, you might have gotten saved, you know, a coach. A coach may have witnessed to you. Preacher, I, I remember you telling me your story and how you got saved and how, how, how the guy, I remember all of that. Every, everybody has a story and all of us different. My dad got saved at a revival on Wednesday night. I got, I got saved at, uh, from a church pew. Not from out, out in sin, but from knowing a lot about God to the point I knew who God was. Some people, some people has, has been saved in a hospital bed. Some people, some people was given a track, an invitation or a track, that, that, and they read that track. Some people was in a, in, in a tent meeting somewhere. Whatever your story is, tell them how you met Jesus. Just tell them how you met Jesus. Do y'all see how this is really not complicated? We have made witnessing and evangelism so complicated, and it's not. It's simply telling your story. Watch this. Here's, here's the last thing we need to put in our, in our, our, uh, our testimony. Am I out of time? I don't see a clock. Three minutes? Okay. <laughs> I love you, brother. Amen. All right. We got to hurry. Here we go. All right. What was number two? How I lived and what my life was like before I believed in Jesus. Number three, how I came to know Jesus. And here's, here's the important part. How my life has changed after I believed in Jesus. <clears throat> how my life has changed after I believe in Jesus. Tell them what happened in your life. Tell them what happened in your life. Okay. Now, now, here's what we're going to end up with. Here's, turn with me to 1 Corinthians. Quickly, 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 quickly. The clock is counting down. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 2. And this is what I want to leave you with. This is an encouragement I want to leave you with. All right? 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse 1. This is Paul explaining how he came to, to, to Corinth and how he shared the gospel in Corinth, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because some of you may still be nervous and you think, oh, I, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. You can do it. You can do it. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. <clears throat> and I, how many of y'all believe Paul was pretty tight with the Lord? How many, he's probably the greatest missionary there ever was. Wrote more scripture in the New Testament than anybody, okay? So, so... Him and God's good, right? Now watch, watch. Watch what he says. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. In other words, I wasn't trying to be slick. Now I didn't come with fancy words. I, I, didn't, I didn't come in, in, in a way that was very articulate and with or you know, uh, uh, oral skill that would just blow your mind. Look what he says. He says, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in, I was with you in, and in, and in much. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Watch this, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the See, don't, don't worry. See, I'm nervous, preacher. Well, you're in good company. Preacher, what if I don't say that? Listen, 
It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me leave this with you. This is it. This is it. And this, 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 is, this, is, this is how I want you to leave this room and, and knowing this. Say this with me. We sow, He grow. We sow, He grow. What does that mean? Our responsibility is faithfulness. His responsibility is results. Say, preacher, I've shared my story three times and, and, and nobody's come to church. That's not your problem. Results is not up to you. You're just supposed to share your story. What, 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 when do we, when do, what, what, you just keep sharing your story. Everywhere you go, share your story. Everywhere you go, share your story. Because you're sowing seeds. You're sowing seeds. And underneath the surface, God is doing a work. And you may not be the one that picks the fruit, but you sowed another watered, but God will give the increase. Are y'all with me? Let's go out and be faithful. Let's go out and tell our story. Let's go out and leave the results up to God. And let's be what God has called us to be. And all God's people say it. Father, help us to do this.